This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their taproom in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. Welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios. And this week, Brian, we're going to be looking back and looking ahead All at right. craft beer. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So 2022 was quite a year. We're going to discuss some of the biggest beer stories of 2022 and make some probably bad predictions about what are what's going to happen with beer in 2023. Like my prediction that scientists will discover traces of ice block on Mars. They already found ice. Why not ice box? It's Where the there's next, water, it's the logical there's beer. Step, Absolutely. Right? It is definitely going to happen. Step. Yes. It's been quite a year. Yeah, it has. It has been quite a year. Brian, um, I'm going to put you on the spot right out of the gate. Is there anything memorable in beer or just in life, what is 2022 meant for Brian Hewitt? Well, I mean, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is eating eating uh, caviar and Doritos. That's I mean, that's that might one, be my finest achievement. That's a great Christmas pairing, <laughs> that's right. right? there. Yeah, it worked out really well. That's uh, that's the that's the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, very memorable things. Le Bon, I really enjoyed that. Another one that comes oh, yeah. to mind is a, is a very favorite. It's more than just a moment. It's kind of an event, but it's probably my favorite event of the year. It seems like that might be selling some other stuff short, but I really enjoyed that. Well, I should start keeping a diary or at least notes of what I've done because anytime I'm asked what was your favorite X or what was memorable, it's going to be within the last few months because I don't remember anything before that. Or you, I do, but it's foggier. You could start keeping a journal online, Tim. They do. They- I sh- <laughs> I'll do, I'll keep a journal online, but I'll make it so everyone can read it. I don't think oh, anybody's doing that. No, yet. I've never heard. That's, so, that's cutting edge yeah. right there. I'm going to get me a Tumblr. A Tumblr? Yeah. 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 I'm going to tumble. <laughs> I, I I have Tumblrs. I, I enjoy drinking out of them. Right? Yeah. Right. Do yeah. you post them online? Uh, no. I, I guess I could take pictures of my drinkware on and call it a website called Tumblr. That would be kind of a smart thing, right? It's a great idea. Yeah. It's I, a great I, idea. Should, I should look into doing that. I think that that would really catch on. Brian, what were the best beers you drank this year? So I think that uh, when I was thinking over it, the one that had the most lasting, enjoyable impact on me was Bowling Alley Yingling. The I finest would, yes, Yingling okay. I have ever had in the Yingling I strive to attain one more time. Uh, and I have not right. this year. I've never enjoyed a Yingling as much as I did at that bowling alley. So let me fill in the story here for Brian's bowling alley Yingling. We were out messing around one weekend and we went to a bowling alley, kind of a kind of a Dave and Buster's kind of place. Yeah. Bowling, video games, yeah. the bar and everything. And they had advertised that they had an excellent selection of craft beers. Not the case when we got there. And I believe Yingling was the best offering they had on tap. So we got a couple of Yinglings. I'm with you, Brian. That's the best Yingling I've ever had in my life. It was a fantastic beer. And I have never before or after had a Yingling as good as that Bowling Alley Yingling. I have no idea what happened. I wonder if they have a, uh, was it Pennsylvania uh, Yingling? Yeah. If they have yeah. a, a, a pipeline that runs directly from Pennsylvania down to that tap. I don't know what it is. But that was phenomenal, and I would like to have it again. 
But, uh, you know, uh, second place, shout out to uh, a buddy of ours for bringing a wax dip, wax dipped Westie 12. Right. That's Fleet Tour and 12 yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to a Christmas party. And that was very enjoyable that was as well. Yeah. That was I like good. that. Yeah. Second place. <laughs> second place. How about you, Tim? Do you have a. You know, I try to think, Brian, and, and as I mentioned, the as the years go on, what happened earlier in the year becomes a little more foggy to me. So I, I as I'm remembering back, a lot of times it's stuff that's that's fairly recent. Um, if I think back to the shows that we did and the beers we drank there, I really enjoyed the offerings from our mutual friend mm-hmm. uh, out of Denver in Fossil Cove in Fayetteville, oh, yeah. Arkansas. Those guys really impressed me. We really enjoyed what they were doing. Uh, one that we drank recently, uh, Golden Drac Calvados Barrel. Oh, yeah, that so was good. Apple Brandy. That was stellar. The Westie 12 was was great. Sure. Absolutely. It held up well. That was from the U.S. release, which I think was in 2012. So that would have been I believe so, yeah. 10 years ago. So that was good. Those are just a few off the top of my head that I recall really enjoying this year. I get really, uh, I got to put a little footnote on here. The, I got kind of more into spirits this year and un- unintentionally. And I, I wrote down that uh, 2022 was the year of the Amaro for me. I, I got started with just the basic Negroni, no special frills, just the gin and the vermouth and uh, the, the Campari. And uh, I started sipping on the various Amaros because I was intrigued by the concept. And I love them. I, I've got like six yeah. bottles of them already of different kinds that I just drink by themselves. Had no idea I was that kind of guy. But I, I like the, uh, the the balance of herbal bitter with a little bit of sweetness in a lot of them. It uh, makes sense as a guy who likes the West Coast IPA. Right. So what do you think of Amaros? I, so I'm going to. Talk about the Negroni first. Yes. I, I tried several different iterations of, you know, kind of mixing it up. And I did come to the conclusion that it's not for me. You know, the bitterness is a little bit too pronounced in, in that drink for my liking. However, I've had some Amaros that I've really enjoyed uh, on their own. And I think of the herbal liqueurs, Amaro is probably the one I dig the most. You know, okay. the, there's chartreuse, yeah. there's absinthe. And I think that the flavor is the way they're presented. And I don't know the difference really. When you're talking absinthe versus chartreuse versus Amaro, I just know that the Amaros that I've tried, I've enjoyed a good bit. And we actually have a distillery here locally uh, in Chambly, Georgia, Distillery of Modern Art, that did a peach Amaro. Oh, yes. That's yeah. really nice. And uh, is it Montenegro, Brian? Amaro Montenegro or Monten- Montenegro Amaro. I'm not sure which which order it is. But, but that one's yeah. pretty tasty. So, yeah, I dig the Amaros, not into the Negroni. Uh, you know, you can have all of those, Brian, but I'll, I'll join you in a little a little nip of Amaro. I'm a fan of that. I saw a list uh, just off topic where they, instead of using, I think it was gin, they used uh, Tawny Port in it. I'm like, oh, I might have to try that. Yeah. And it was a, some special holiday themed Amar- uh, Negroni. I don't think it's still even clo- even a Negroni at that point. I noticed whatever. that Christmas you had a little bottle of Tawny Port out there. So it looks like that was in the works. It was time. a possibility give it a shot at some point fun stuff well brian yeah. a lot happened in 2022 yeah. I mean, it was a busy year a, a lot was going on and uh, you know what before we dive into that too much i'm going to talk about the beers that we're going to get into this week oh, yeah. we're going to talk about the beers of the week and we want to thank our friends at the nest for sponsoring this segment they've got an event coming up the uh brewers versus chefs beer dinner in january and they take uh six courses where the chef comes up with an entree or a course the brewer picks a beer to pair with it, and then you get to pick, you know, which course is your favorite as well as was the beer or the course. Some better. of those pairings have been phenomenal. They're Very like, good. Just one yeah. pairing alone was worth the 
the entire everything. It was. And it's then you a good get four experience. Others. I yeah. mean, it's a really fun experience there. Yeah. Absolutely. But this week, Brian, we're drinking. We're currently drinking one from Shiner, toasted amber lager, something fairly easy to start out with. I thought it was pretty good for the season. We're starting to come out of the freeze here in Atlanta, but we did get it uh, pretty heavy here. We've got a Hair of the Dog Fred, batch number 103, which is from 2022. From the Brewing Project, a gift one of your buddies gave you, Brian, stuffed, which is a B.A. Imperial with adjuncts, and I believe it's cookie. Cookie cookie and cocoa. Shout out to Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. And uh, we've got Variant Mind Prison, which is an IPA, and that's a collaboration with Inner Voice down there in Decatur, Georgia. A little local love from those. Indeed. So it's going to be good stuff. But, Brian, 2022, the year in beer, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, we've got a list here, but is there anything that sticks out to you as this was the story of 2022? The uh, the single story of 2022, I you know, that's a tough one. It's, it's probably between cl- interesting closures and acquisitions. And, man, Sapporo buy, uh, buying stone is yeah. probably the biggest thing, I think, what, when it comes down to it. And that happened uh, back in June of 2022. Uh, I've got some notes here. Deal was valued at $165 million. And the interesting thing is Stone is famously known for pledging to never, ever sell out to the man. But they've it's been noted that that particular credo disappeared from their website, I believe, in January of 2020. So they were That's looking they around. That's started thinking about yeah, selling Yeah, they were out, looking so. around. So, And uh, there was a video that they put out on YouTube that I tried to find. It's no longer there. It was called why we have chosen not to sell out to big beer and it's it's uh, linked on some news articles but it's marked as private it's private <laughs> yes. now so yeah. it still exists but now it's private so. things change man thanks yeah. you're listening to the beer guys radio show we've got a lot more stories to look back on 2022 and we'll be right back right after this The heat is on, and if you're looking for a beer to cool you down without slowing you down, Athletic Brewing has you covered with Athletic Light. It's certified organic with only 25 calories and 5 grams of carbs. And since it's not alcoholic you stay sharp and avoid the hangover. And you can feel good about the beer you drink and the company that brews it. Athletic Brewing is a certified B Corporation committed to social and environmental excellence. Use code BGR25 at athleticbrewing.com for 25% off your order. Athletic Light, the perfect summer crusher. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram now back to the beer guys radio show Shake it, welcome back to the beer guys radio show remember all episodes are available on demand so if you miss the broadcast get the podcast beer guys radio is available on the podcast park and all popular and unpopular podcasting apps now let's get back to our year and show the year in show, the year in beer, whatever you want to call it. Brian, I want to say something real quick that okay. I know those listening are not going to have the visual with this, but if you look back on our Instagram story, you can see, but we got some new artwork oh, yes. in the studio here. So there's a local artist in Atlanta called R Land, and I really dig his style. Look him up, R Land, the letter R Land. And I got a print on wood, nice big print of something he calls Suds Bug. And it's a bug with a bib that says suds and he's got four arms each holding a beer 
or actually looks like he's got a couple cocktails there too. Yeah, it could be a cocktail and a shaker pint and a few steins. Yeah, yeah he's mixing yeah. it up really good. But he is saying, "All I know is when I drink beer, I happy." Indeed. So, and I've I'm a fan of the artist, and this is the first piece I've purchased from him. So I'm I'm looking for. I haven't gotten hung up yet. So he's a lightning that. bug. Did you notice that? Because he has he the, the, the tail right light there. that's there lit light up right yeah. there. So yeah. I didn't realize there were actual light bulbs on there i but judging by i'm assuming that's anatomically correct. probably i've never looked closely enough at uh lightning bug you know i it's the true yeah. story is is i thought they weren't a real thing until i moved to the south i, had a I buddy, honestly yeah. had no idea they were a real thing yeah. that's right because you're from yeah. portland i had a yeah. buddy from utah that came out to the south when he was in his early 20s and he said he had no idea also had never seen a turtle. Apparently where he was, they didn't have turtles. Well, I knew there. turtles were real. Yeah, though. I don't know that he didn't think they benefit. were real, yeah. but he just said oh, they didn't okay. have them there in the wild. That's that's cool. The but, more uh, you know, Brian. Yes. Well, before we went to break, we were talking about acquisitions and really a big one there, Stone Brewing, and the, the symbolicness of that one yes. was big because they were kind of craft beer. And I had to look back to um, Wicked Weed. That was another one yeah. that was very symbolic when they sold to, you know, the evil empire. That was one that people, they, people feel connected to these breweries, yeah. you know, and uh, they took it as a personal slight. You know, it's not something like a company selling. If the guy down the street making paper sells, then maybe people that work at the company won't like it. But you generally don't have, I don't think, I could be wrong. You don't have people who are fans and feel an emotional connection to the dude making paper. Talking about on Reddit how he's a sellout. Yeah, yeah. I think the, I think part of the reason uh, a, a place like Stone is comfortable now selling out is it's no longer, it doesn't have the intensity anymore. I think there's a little bit more disconnection. And also they grew large. It became a situation like we've got we've got payroll to make and we're having trouble it's, with it. Sure. And like, when stuff like that happens, where the growth is no longer sustainable, your your expenses are out far outpacing your sales you got to look at for real what are you going to do and that's why i think they removed a lot of those references to never selling out in 2020 because well yeah let's be honest you can have best intentions saying that and at the time you can think that you never would do it but when you got to pay the bills that changes things you know it's it's a fact ballast point yeah whoever thought they would have sold they sold for a billion and they sold for what, $73? Something or like something that. that. that and change. Convicts. But, uh, you know, things change. We know the craft beer industry changed. Stone had their big brewery in Berlin. They did. That, yeah. That they had to clo- close and, you know, took a big loss on that one. And the bottom line is things changed. He may have had the absolute, I'm sure he did have the absolute best intentions. Now, we know he was a little arrogant. He was a little reckless, I think. Yeah. So, you know, for that. But, Brian, some other big acquisitions of this year. Uh, Sweetwater yeah. bought Alpine and Green Flash. And as we know, uh, Afria yes. bought Sweetwater. And I believe that whole group was bought by Tilray. Or I do I have so. that backwards? I, I think that's right. It's There's a whole chain there. But yeah, a, a cannabis company out of, uh, out of there's uh, Canada. There's weed and milk. Yeah. And <laughs> I was oh. on the call when they had when they were acquired. And they were talking about in Europe. You know, there's, there's milk and different things there. So large beverage, weed and beverages. Okay. Basically there. So makes sense. Uh, but sort of. you know, that acquisition actually worked out well for us personally, Brian, because now the Alpine and green flash beers, they're local beers for us. We can go to Sweetwater brewery and they're on tap right there in the tap room. It's great to be able to drink some of the, uh, the Alpine, the green yeah. flash stuff. The Alpine stuff's really nice. Uh, getting it like fresh on tap. So yeah. it's, 
I enjoy it a great deal. And to let others know that may that are not in our area, why that's significant is in the state of Georgia. If you are licensed as a production brewery, you cannot serve beers from any other brewery. Yeah. So it's not like they could have brought these in and put them on tap. The only way that they could serve them there is that they're, they're part of the same company. They're the same. Brewery. Yeah, that was that's always been the interesting thing in Georgia about visiting a brew pub you're, or a brewery. You're only ever going to have their beer, that brewery. which is yeah. I, I, something that never really occurred too much to me until recently that how much different that is for other states where you go to other breweries would carry other people's buddies yeah, are going to be on tap exactly there, so you didn't have to sure. settle for just theirs i'm like well yeah. i want theirs but i want other stuff here you've got a you've got to pick in in a way that's good for beer bars i think this will tie in and i'm not going to go too much into it but i think especially in georgia that's why some of our brewers have expanded what they're offering and we'll talk about that yeah, a little yeah. bit more but another big acquisition monster brian yes bought canarchy and uh, a lot of big breweries falling under the, the, the Canarchy group there, uh, you know, but that was one, I think, Monster Energy Drink getting into the yeah. craft beer game. You've got um, Oscar Blues. Yep, was it? Right. Who else fell under the Canarchy? Is it Perrin, Oscar Blues? I forget and, who all was in there. Uh, oh, man. Oscar uh, Blues was the big one. Yeah. Uh, wasn't Cigar City, was it? They got they were Fireman Capital, or was that? In that one is we don't know what we're should, talking about. We should about have here. written that down. We actually. should have googled this a little I'm bit. I'm fairly certain yeah. parent parent is one of them though, and I okay. thought it was is it Funky Buddha maybe it's in there. It might be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't it's know. it's one definitely out of Florida and we a few others for we, sure. We don't know is the bottom line here. So <laughs> no, we not really. We'll just be we didn't write it down. Up if we go from there, but uh, yeah. So Monster Buying Canarchy, another big acquisition. This is a new one, Brian. I yes. think you know Roadhouse. You were recently down there on a trip. We've had them on the show before. Uh, they bought Melvin Brewery. Yeah, and this is one Melvin was kind of a at one time a rising star. They got into some trouble, some uh, improper behavior, I guess, on the part uh, of one of the owners of, of the one of the owners there. And Brian, we had Melvin on five years plus wild card. I mean, just absolutely crazy. Made for a very fun interview, but you could tell one story they told us is getting a t-shirt cannon. That's right, t-shirt and cannon. firing cups of yogurt. <laughs> into each other out of a t-shirt can and i remember going to gabf in 2016 and they had like a big box truck driving around the streets down there firing t-shirts uh off the top of uh of their box truck so they were a little wild uh but yeah they sold to a roadhouse i think that deal just closed very recently it did it closed on december 22nd but i think the press only became aware of it like a few days later but it was close to uh christmas day i think or maybe even after christmas day that uh, the press became aware of it, but they were teasing it. They were setting up next to each other at GABF, and uh, they announced that it was actually going to happen in November and expected it to happen quickly. Well, they were they weren't they weren't lying about their it. Facebook status yeah. said it's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there were hints there. There it, were hints it, there. It, indeed. And and Brian, another one that uh, another big brewery, uh, but U.S. Beverage acquired Uinta uh, was another one there, and I'm sure there's plenty, plenty more. But those were kind of some of the big ones. Yeah, the, that we saw throughout the year, the ones you couldn't miss. I mean, there yeah. there have been a lot of interesting things happening. You know what? A closures too. Like yeah. in addition to well, you mergers, know, uh, we got also closures. The mergers. Maybe not just acquisitions, but mergers. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, Scofflaw and Bearded Iris. Oh, that's right. Out yeah. of Nashville, they joined yeah. forces there, and I do believe there's intentions for others to come into the fold uh with that Rem- do you remember off the top of your head what the the, the name of that collective is? i do or, not uh, that's what i was trying to remember that's yeah. why 
That's why I didn't say it. I just Darn, said that they merged I, I there, just threw so. you under the bus there, Tim. You Sorry. Know, we'll bring this back to you. We'll tell you who the name of that group is in the, in the next one. But, you know, Brewery's talk about the buying power. They yeah. get coming together like that, you know, through distribution. And uh, we've seen crazy things like can shortages. And, Correct. And at, at one time, they actually put a stop to it. But Ball was going to make you buy like a, a truckload or two. Yeah, like a million a minimum cans. purchase. That's, so. a, that's a really good point. And that, that really would push the mergers portion of it, just not being able to can, yeah. get cans. And everybody does cans these days. Right. So. Yep. Have to get it, man. And that's uh, – so it's something there's definitely a benefit to if you don't sell merging with somebody else, you know, maybe become a bigger powerhouse there. But uh, we're going to come back and Brian, we're going to talk about some big closures throughout this year. So you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show and we will be right back. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room, or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's tap room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap, with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Trout axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout-out to one of our great radio affiliates, KLZN 1490 AM in Susanville, California. Catch Beer Guys Radio on KLZN every Saturday at 3 p.m. Now let's get back to our end of the year show. Brian, I have one more acquisition to mention. It's a big one. Then we'll move on. We don't want to stick on this section any longer, but uh, Modern Times was acquired by Maui Brewing. And that one was an odd back and forth brewery X making a bid. And then they're out. Then they're in and Maui's in. Finally closed the deal. Maui purchased Modern Times. That's a big one. It's a saga. It's like a J.R.R. Tolkien. It's crazy. The trilogy. The trilogy. Exactly. The fourth book in the trilogy. Yes. So, uh, Brian, closures, some big ones this year. We're seeing more and more that may not make nationwide news, but we're seeing more brewery closures, Brian. And I'm going to, I'm going to spoil a little bit, a little bit, a little bit here. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> One of my predictions for 2023 is we are going to continue to see more brewery closures. And uh, I think this was going to happen in 2020. And then thanks to COVID, we got some prop up money. Yes. And I imagine we're probably at the place where that's running out. So, and I don't think business is back to pre-pandemic levels. And there's some folks that uh, now that the the PPP loans and other forms of financing are gone, I think 2023 will show us more brewery closures. But some big ones this year, Brian, a sad one, Spencer Trappist Brewing. Yeah, The yeah. only Trappist Brewery in the United States, they closed. Uh, so they tried there for a few years to uh, to get things going and just didn't 
didn't get the momentum they needed to keep that happening. The kind of the sad thing is I, I think the guy that was doing the brewing was gun ho on it, but the the actual uh, clergy got together and voted on it and they said, hey, this is just too much of a drain of resources. It's not it's yeah. not panning out. So it wasn't that anybody quit and w- was tired of making beer. It just was it wasn't doing what they needed it to do, basically, which is sad. So it, here's something me having no idea what I'm talking about. OK. In saying this. People, when they want a Trappist beer, don't want an American Trappist beer. That yeah, Even if it's yeah. a good beer. And the flip side of that coin is Belgian-style beer overall is not popular in America. So they kind of had a double-edged sword there. It's like if I'm going for a Trappist ale, I'm not going for the one from the American brewery. They're, you're looking for a Belgian one. And on the flip side of that, even in America – the Belgian styles are not as popular as they were several years ago. When they were closing down, I looked into what all they'd done. They had realized this and were doing seasonal beers with fruits in them. Yeah. And they did do a Trappist IPA. So they had yeah. various versions of an IPA. The problem is, is people don't want an IPA from a Trappist brewery either, even if it is in yeah. the U.S. Yeah. Uh, without, Which is unfortunate. Yeah. They, their beers were good. You know, yeah. what I tried from them, I enjoyed. So. Uh, the little bit that made it down here. Sadly, right. I, it, not a lot of it did. It so, did. Yeah. No. Brian, another big one, very, uh, again, very symbolic, I think, in beer. Alan Sprintz retired and closed Hair of the Dog. And Brian, we just drank a little Fred. We did, yes. From from Alan and there from Hair of the Dog. Uh, I don't remember how long they were open, uh, but it was, they're from the 80s, correct? I think so. 90s, 80s, they're 20 plus years. I want to say not quite 30, so I'm. Mid nineties, I think mid nineties. I yeah. I really wish I'd I'd uh, looked into that. The interesting thing is, is I don't think he's selling the place. He's hanging on to it. He's when he was talking about retiring, he was also saying he might still be involved to some extent in brewing, uh, collaborating and things right. like that. And yeah. the crazy thing is, is just today I went to their their website and they're still selling vintage beers. The vintage beers. So yeah. you can still buy beers from them, and they've been closed since. I want to say June, maybe something like that. Yeah. And it's not cheap to get it done, but they will ship it to you. And I think it's worth it. I like it a lot. Sure. It's nice to have that, you know, very classic, classic styles there. Uh, Yeah. A little, uh, little trip back memory lane there. They're kind of a mixture of some classic stuff. And they were also very much about the, the big kind of gonzo go your own way beers. And so a lot of their stuff didn't really adhere to styles. They were just big and just whatever they were really into. So this is, Fred, I think, is uh, considered like a Belgian golden style, but it's heavily hopped. So it's kind of a West Coast Belgian golden, almost an IPA. Crazy. So, yeah, Pure yeah. Madness, Brian. Visionary. Absolutely. Yeah. Another L Asylum, after 16 years, they closed down. Uh, Sierra Nevada, not closed, but they closed their torpedo room. Yeah. You know, so big breweries closing down certain locations. I know there was a couple others. They closed certain satellite tap rooms or what have you there. Uh, Wirebacher, almost. Brian, or I oh think they did. Gosh. They were they closed, but there was a new owner that came in, raised them from the dead, and they've they'd filed for bankruptcy. We're gonna go go under there, but they've just recently reopened, like earlier in December, uh, with limited taproom hours there. So they're they're back, baby. I'm glad that they're back. I what was the uh, sat, a Sunday morning stout and over. Uh, a bunch of the other ones like Blithering Idiot and uh, Tiny and other things yeah. I really enjoyed from them. It would be really a shame to see them go. And I actually feel like I should have drank more of their beer over the years. I did my best with the Sunday morning stat, which was 
as the PPO police will indicate, one of the finest. Good value. The good, the goodest value the for the money. The goodest value. It was when it comes value. to uh, a breakfast yeah, stout. So, absolutely. Yes. So Brian, those are just a few of the the major closures closures that we had throughout the year. And again, you know, some uh, some local ones here in Georgia. We had Macon Beer Company. Yeah. They closed. They've been open for quite a while, and uh, just finally decided to you know call it quits. There. We've seen a couple others across the country and even internationally. You know, it's a uh, craft beers. You know, it's changing. It's a changing landscape. It is. And I think a lot of the closures I've seen are actually the UK. It's getting hit hard. I, a, a number of the closures I went, when I actually looked to see where is this place at, it's like it's somewhere in the UK. I don't know what it is about what they're doing over there. Maybe it's a difference in like the emergency, like bailout money from COVID or whatever running out sooner or what the situation is, but they're getting hit hard over yeah, there. Yeah. Crazy stuff, man. Well, Brian, some other big stories that covers. The uh, the major acquisitions and closures and stuff that we saw there. Uh, other big news stories, uh, a real big one for any you know passionate craft beer fan. But Armand de Belder of uh, Dre Fontenin yes. passed away this year. And if you are a regular listener of the show, then you know that we are big fans of their goose, their oud goose. He was known as Opa Goose or Grandfather Goose, and uh, he passed away after a two year battle with prostate cancer he was 70 years old Brian. 70 years old well that's something that uh i think anybody any brewer looked up to him whether or not you brewed the style there was a respect there you know he for what he meant uh to beer to brewing and so. seriously their oogoos is the ultimate oogoos in is. my opinion i everything else i kind of measure against this do i like this as much is true fontaine oogoos just the the base one yeah. and uh i yeah that's think, a sad. It's sad. Like seventy, too young for a goose man. It, is. it needs. Yeah. To, he needs to at least make it to ninety. Absolutely. Least, so, and, and Brian, you know, I know a lot of people. If you asked who's the the best goose, they've got that Cantillon. Sure. Is always one that comes up there. And if I if I had to choose, if one or the other was available, I would drink either one. But if I was yeah. given the choice, I'm going to go for Drefont. My personal preference. And, and no hate for Cantillon. I like him. No, no I like him fine. Cantillon. I like him yeah. fine. But absolutely. man, I, I, that uh, the that that's where it was. It's the stuff, me. man. It, it is, is the, stuff. the stuff. Brian, uh, this is an interesting story. We had because of the conflict in Ukraine. They call it a conflict. Putin doesn't want to say war, but he slipped up and he said it in a news conference recently. Did he? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he was taking some heat for that. But the attack on Ukraine brought brewers together. There was beers brewed to support Ukraine. There was an open source beer, beer recipe that came out for Ukraine, and I believe it's Pravda Brewing. In the Ukraine, uh, they switched from making beers to uh, Molotovs. That was know, one of my the defense. That there. was so. possibly one of my favorite stories of the year where they they were like, well, we're brewing. We've got glassware. We're just going to make Molotov cocktails to fight these guys off Dude, from invading our homeland. So, yeah. like, and uh, I believe that they're, I forget if it was a golden ale that they made, but it was called Putin Hulo. And uh, it, it means Putin is a something head. I was going to say, we probably can't say that. We can't say, but uh, I forget exactly what the, the, the something was, but it was uh, not radio friendly. But right. that's op- that was like an open source or anybody can make it. A lot of people have, and they've donated it to help support various Ukrainian causes in the war efforts. So like, I started following yeah. Pravda on Facebook, you know, when all that went down and just kind of watching what they're doing there. And, you know, I'm a bit sheltered, Brian. I haven't done a lot of international travel and, and seeing, but it's interesting to see other countries, you know, their craft beer scene. And uh, I'm in a, a Facebook group for uh, it's called Friends of Froth in India, and there's a pretty good scene over there as well. So Crazy. it's cool to yeah. watch it. 
You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're talking the hot beer news stories of 2022, and we'll be back with more right after this. Have you been to the Nest Kennesaw yet? Hi, I'm Adam, owner of the Nest in historic downtown Kennesaw, and I want to personally invite you to visit us. With the best damn barbecue in town, 48 taps of always rotating craft beers, a dog-friendly patio, all in two conjoined historical homes, we know there's something for you at the Nest Kennesaw. Find us at thenestkennesaw.com to start drooling over that menu, or go ahead and grab your friends, your family, or just yourself and come on in for a pint. The Nest Kennesaw, can't wait to have you at our table. on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Roger, Roger. What's our back there, Victor? Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand, but that is not the intro I want to read. Consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Let's get back to our end-of-the-year show. Back to the the end-of-the-year show. We did it. We made it. Segment four, last show of the year. Brian, we've got a lot of news stories here. We gathered up everything that we thought we was did. memorable from 2022, and there's just not enough time to cover all of it. One thing um, I want to throw out there, continued growth in the non-alcoholic beer segment, Brian. Yes. And this is something that people argue back and forth on because you look at them and they have a, a small percentage of sector growth. But when you're talking coming from zero to 1% or a half a percent or whatever, the dollar value is substantial. It's huge. Uh, yeah. We've seen Athletic has had a lot of popularity. They've been running commercials on television. They have celebrity endorsements. They are going to invest over seven figures in a, in a – uh, Give Dry a Try campaign in the new year. You will see their ads in the NFL playoffs and during the Cotton Bowl. So keep an eye out. Uh, they're they're rolling, man. They're gonna make. They're gonna keep that NA beer segment rolling. Other beer news. Fairly recent when the World Cup fiasco, where they had Budweiser thought they were gonna be able to serve their beer, and then they couldn't, Brian. So, but all that's going to Argentina for them to enjoy. Speaking of World Cups, Brian, drama oh. at the at, at the. Uh, World Beer Cup this year, when there was no gold or silver awarded for the Belgian wit beer, and the flagship of the style, the Allagash White, got bronze. So big stuff there. Uh, fun one from back last January. PBR got a little uh, feisty on Twitter there where they had some alternatives if you weren't drinking beer there. You'll have to Google that one. Google PBR Dry January because we can't say that. We can't. On the air. Two Colors Brewing, Brian, one that we talked to, they had a noble cause of employing uh, active gang members, Brian, because Correct. they felt that if they were active in the gang, they could take the positive lessons back to the gang. They had some bad press. They had some bad things happen with some of the people involved with the brewery. They closed before they even opened. So bad one there. Flying Dog Brewing won a First Amendment fight against the North Carolina ABC. So they went up against that for one of their beer names. The ABC deemed it in bad taste. They disagreed. They fought it. They won, Brian. It wasn't the name. It was actually the label. Just the a, label. a point of correction. Okay. Yes. A, a small bit in an abstract art that looked like genitalia. Too. Oh, yes. they didn't care for they weren't. No, didn't it, care no. for it. Bad taste. Beer labels get rejected for a lot of interesting reasons. Brian, we fought through a CO2 shortage this year. Still going on there. Brewdog lost their B Corp status. Another fairly recent story. Little drama on either side of that. Brewdog has a reputation online for not being the greatest people in the world so having a b corp certifications which 
deems them an ethical company seemed a little odd. But people pointed out there were some issues with the way the company that gives B Corp certification does their certification. So two sides to every story there. Brian, I'm sure there is a lot more that happened throughout this year that we missed, but those are the few of the highlights of the year. That is quite a year. That's a lot of stuff for one year. a lot of stuff. There was some big stuff that happened in beer. And like you said, we missed some things too. But uh, uh, I think we should get into some predictions, Tim. Right. When you listen to the show, if you know a big one we missed, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Beer Guys Radio. We're out there. We'd love to hear the stories that you thought were important. Or maybe it's something that was important to your state, your location that we missed out on. We'd love to see it. I know there were some interesting beer laws that changed. So some for yes. the better and some for the worse. I'm still not sure yeah. what's going on in New Jersey. Yes. I know there was drama up there oh, with food yeah. trucks and everything. So every state has its own fight on that. Indeed. And for those people that are drinking beer there, that is the most important story of the year. Absolutely. Probably. Absolutely. So. Brian, but there's a new year coming. Yes. Very there is. soon, less than a week away, 2023. It sounds like it's futuristic. Brian, what uh, what are your thoughts, man? What are some of your predictions for the new year? I have a number of them. I think that we're going to see a continuation of everything involving spirits and beer. Like uh, breweries will continue to grow into doing spirits and uh, beers themed or inspired by cocktails and cocktails perhaps involving beer, but probably more RTD stuff. So almost every place you go in 2023, I envision having their own form of spirits. Everybody's going to chase bourbon, but most of them will have a gin and a vodka. So almost every place you go that's a brewery will have cocktails. Other, other yeah. offerings. That's, I think that's an obvious one, honestly, I think because I everybody's going you. that direction. And I know in different states it may be easier for them to get to that than some states here in Georgia, you got to get a distillery license. You got to make it and you can't bring in spirits or wine or whatever. Uh, But I agree with you. Like we talked about with some of the closers, these were big breweries that expanded and had several locations and really put a lot of money into expansion. We had some others that stopped expansions from coast to coast because the beer landscape just changed. Even from when we started as Brian, this will be right after this show. This is our seventh anniversary. You know, we're going on this in seven years and in craft beer, just tremendous things have changed in seven years. So breweries back in my day, Brian, when we kicked off beer guys right in the state of Georgia, you could not buy a beer at a brewery, which is madness. That is it. You had to go in and do a tour and then you could get samples and here. And I think a lot of the rest of the country, a brewery, it wasn't a destination as much unless you were a beer nerd, basically. Well, it's changed where these are neighborhood venues that are like your corner pub or whatever. And it was mentioned that, uh, England has pub culture where America has a brewery culture, and that's it. So they they want to deliver to everybody that's visiting. They want to give them options if, for those that don't Correct. just want beer. So I agree. I think we'll see more of that. The 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 drink concept instead of just the beer concept, to, to, to summarize. So do you have one that you would like to share? Brian, I do, and I, th- and I mentioned this earlier. I, I think – uh, we're going to see more closures. Yeah. I think 2023 is going to see more closures. I'm sure we'll see more acquisitions, mergers and that. To go back to what we were saying earlier, the Scofflaw, uh, Scofflaw and Bearded Iris, it's Indie Brew. Indie Brew, Is yes. the name of that group, and they're going to get together. I believe that their intention is to add others to it and may be in the works now, but I think we'll see more stuff like that. We'll see closures. We'll see acquisitions. We'll see mergers, mergers. powers coming together there. Uh, here's Here's a fun one, Brian. I think the West Coast IPA is making a comeback, and I think we'll see more of that. I think there may be uh, 
haze fatigue, fruit fatigue, maybe a little bit. Probably, That, that yeah. people want to bring back. Uh, I think it's possible that they may be a little toned down from the IBU wars that we saw with the thousand IBUs and things like that. But I think a West Coast or American style balanced IPA that may feature a little more, bring back some of that pine and grapefruit that we saw in the past. I think those are going to keep being popular. And we'll see more of those throughout 2023. I think so. I think that's where it's it's heading. And I also think that uh, we saw a little bit of it at the tail end of 2022. I think we're going to see a lot more of the rock beer. I think we'll see more of it. Yeah, I think it'll have a moment. Yeah, yeah. I know you don't bad. like this, but I see more and more possible signs of it happening. I'm down for it. I'm here okay. for it. I hope it's going to happen. I hope I finally get my rock IPA. I want to get back with you in a year because I, <laughs> Brian, I'm going against you right here. I'm going on record against you that you're wrong. I think it'll have a moment. I don't know if it'll take, I don't think it'll it maybe not take over as the, the ultimate style okay. of uh, beer or IPA, yeah. depending on how it goes. But I think it'll have a moment. I'm, I'm hoping the moment isn't over because it it's possible that it is. But I think 2023 is a year to look out for the rock beer. Okay. I hope yeah. you get your moment, Brian. I know you're I a hope fan I of Some people wait a lifetime for a, for moment, a moment like, like this. this. Yeah. How about a rock smoothie IPA? Would you be down for that little you smoky smoothie? shut your mouth right now. <laughs> right now, Brian. So, yeah, I think uh, we're going to see more. I think 2020, it just it shifted our lives, Brian. It did. And, and to be honest, I don't want to be negative here, but if you were back around, if you're around during 9-11, an event like that, it changes your life. It doesn't just it change does. the year, whatever. Your life is never the same after that. Uh, a global pandemic changes your life permanently. Oh, for and, sure. And, you know, so it's something there. there's more people that are spending time at home, drinking home. And there's people that, Brian, I think you mentioned, you actually know some people who still don't go out, right? That is correct. I know a few people who just still won't go out. And this is going to be something that ends up hurting breweries and uh, good beer pubs that were relying on these people to come out. They're still they're still worried. They're still a little terrified about, especially with it uh, COVID spiking again in China and yeah. concerns about that. I've started seeing people wearing masks again, and I hadn't in a while. So that is going to make them... Uh, Make them concerned and keep them from getting out there into the marketplace doing their thing. I do have one more prediction, though, Tim. Tell us about it. I think there will be a continued IPAification of Pilsner, and we will probably see Imperial Pilsners. Everything that has been done to IPA will be done to Pilsner or Lager, one of the two. But the cold IPA will fade away quietly. People will not notice it. Okay, It'll just kind I'm of with you on that one. Fade off. It'll like, join its brother like, brood IPA. But I think that uh, I think the cold IPA will just be just a, a drift away. Of, just a whisper of smoke and just drift off into the horizon. Yes. Nobody will hate it. They'll just forget about it. 2022, what a year, y'all. We want to thank you so much for hanging with us throughout this year and for seven years, Brian, seven. of Beer Guys Radio. Good stuff. We didn't throw a party this year. Seven's an odd number. It doesn't seem like it's uh, but a lucky number. This we'll is be such lucky a lucky seven. year. This is yeah. the year, man. This is the year. <laughs> Lots of big stuff happened. Those are our predictions for the year. Uh, and that about wraps it up for this episode and this year. It does. Of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Make sure to come back and join us next week. We will be here in the studio live. So we'd love to have you join us. For more crapper info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great year. And don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Cheers.